Peace, love, knowledge, and freedom, and welcome to another episode of Soul Frail Conversations. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about a very important topic to my brothers, um, and it's on stress and our stress levels. Um, I feel like this is something we really, 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 really got to handle and get a better handle on, over. And I, I personally feel like it's tied to our emotions and um, our inability to understand it, but a lot of it is still deeper. And if you understand how I define and how I look at masculinity as the spiritual, mental, and physical embodiment, the essence of analysis and deconstruction, the pivotal piece to that is physical. Well, all of it is pivotal, but I mean, for this particular episode, um, I want to be discussing the physical component about that because um, oftentimes when we think about the physical, we don't, we don't associate the emotional with it. You know, our bodies have three components to it it's a synergy excuse me you have the mind the body and the soul and some people think our emotional state our emotional point is like a fourth tier somewhere in there but i feel personally and i'm gonna explain why i feel this way that our emotions are a part of our physical right and i'm gonna get into that and i'm gonna break it all down um, but I feel like we need to take better care of our physical, not just, you know, lifting weights and working out and shit, but our emotional side too, that we need, we need to get that health in order to, um, it's hard to deal with the emotions and therefore it becomes, um, difficult to deal with stress. This is why we have so many heart problems. This is why we, uh, go through a lot of the things that we go through. Um, just in a, just the full mental space and the mental capacity of it all. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's time we shed some light on it and we, we kind of deal with it because, um, there's no reason we should be, you know, I see so many situations and and cases where, you know, men are dying in their forties, fifties, you know what I mean? Of heart failure, heart attacks and shit like that. And I don't feel like that's good and it's content, it's, you know, based off of our stress levels, but more than being based of, based off our stress levels, it has everything to do with our emotions. Those kind of go hand in hand. And as I said, I'm express where I'm coming from biologically. For my scientists out there, uh, I'm a little rusty. I am a forensic biologist, but I'm a little rusty because, you know, if you know me, you know, I've been doing things outside of the scientific field for a while, but it's still there. So if I, you know, fuck up a little bit and, you know, call one thing another thing or don't fully define it correctly, you know, feel free to, you know, check me. Feel free to, you know what I mean? That's how we, you know, that's how we build. That's how we grow, you know, still sharp and still. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I want to go with that. I want to talk about our stress because this is what we really need to deal with um, collectively as black men because it's, we already, we're already in a war zone on a regular basis. We're already walking around with PTSD and we've made a normalcy out of that shit. And it's time to address it so we can heal and we can um, live longer and have a, a, a better quality of life about ourselves. Um, so with that being said, before I go any further, um, be sure to follow me on Instagram, underscore, just underscore, scene, underscore. Be sure to follow my merchandise page at Justin's Merch. Be sure to follow my uh, trading course page at Mastering the Markets. No, mastering the market, no S. Um, 
Be sure if you're trying to transition to the plant-based lifestyle, follow the 90-day vegan course. Uh, be sure to get my books if you don't have them. So frail a reality to black male masculinity. So frail to toxic femininity and hitting the raw, living the raw plant-based lifestyle for life. I also accept donations and tips and sponsorships. All that can be def- can be found in the links of your um, in the descriptions of your podcast. Um, what else? I think that's it. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick, quick break. And then when we come back, we'll discuss stress level. We'll go into the SoFrail conversations on stress levels. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to visit IamJustSeen.com. There you can get all things Just Seen. You want to add the SoFrail series to your library? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You want to learn how to master the market for series trading and investing? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You want to get your hands on some exclusive merch like tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, hats, bags? Visit IamJustSeen.com. Are you thinking about transitioning into the plant-based lifestyle? Visit IamJustSeen.com. You ever want to just chat with Seen about anything from simple advice to mentorship? Visit IamJustSeen.com. Anything and everything that is me, you can find at IamJustSeen.com. So just take a quick peek into my world and see why being just seen is nothing less but always more. Because you never really know what you need until you see it. You will never see it unless you visit IamJustSeen.com. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Stress. That's the silent killer of our people. That's a silent killer of us as black men. Um, and it's really not even silent. It's loud as fuck. Um, but our stress levels are completely fucked up, which therefore fucks with our heart, which therefore fucks with our entire body, right? And when our entire body is fucked up, like, we're, we're not functional. We're not functional at all. And it's the stress that we, that we endure it's the stress that we take in, the stress that we, you know, um, that we harbor in our bodies, you know, stress from trauma, stress from a whole bunch of other things that we don't release. And it's in not releasing this that we, um, that we damage ourselves. You know, we damage ourselves. Um, the reason why I, I connect and I associate the stress with the emotions is because it's like there's a lot of shit pent up within us that makes us have this stress. But in addition to the stress that we have, um, we're not really, we're not ever, we're never, we're never dealing with our stress. We're bottling it up. And what we do rather than release it, rather than releasing it, we increase our tolerance for stress. You dig what I'm saying? We increase our tolerance for stress because stress, as I said, is tied to emotion, right? I'll get into that in a little bit, but Stress is tied to emotion, and the fact that we we never learned how to successfully deal with our emotions or how to deal with them in a healthy manner, we hold our emotions in, which therefore leads to more stress, which is, you know, it kind of makes us a soda, a carbonated soda. But in that carbonation, what we do is, rather than allowing the pressure to stop, what we do is, or, or figuring out a way how to, you know, dissipate it, will increase the size of our bottle. So, for example, let's say you have a 20-ounce soda, right? Shaking up, that's a lot of pressure. That's 20 ounces of liquid, right? Rather than pouring 
that out and dealing with it, what we'll do is we'll transfer that 20 ounces to a two liter bottle. Now that gives us more space for the stress, you know, than from a two liter to a three liter, you know what I'm saying? So we do these things simply because we don't know how to deal with our emotions and we're not, I don't want to say stable, but we're not practicing and we're not capable enough of dealing with our emotions simply because when it goes back to us being kids, we're not able to release. We're not able to deal with them, right? The soul, the soul con con connection with the shit is that, you know, when we, if you, I can't think of the podcast episode. I want to say it's the one on chakras, but if you go back and listen to that, I talk about joy and pain. I talk about how the solar plexus, which is a person identity, is where the emotions of joy and pain reside. There's only two emotions, you know, but the feelings that we have down on the sacral chakra, they lead to which emotions that we're going to deal with the most, whether we're going to be dealing with joy or we're going to be dealing with pain. And we typically deal with pain a lot more because we deal with a lot more negative emotions and we don't know how to dissipate them. You know what I mean? We, 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 we hold in the negative emotions and we, we shy away from the positive ones. Therefore, we don't experience much joy. Therefore, there's not much, um, there's not much to, 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 do, to delve into. You feel what I'm saying? So when we, when we consider the joy and the pain, right, as the two emotions, you know, from how you release your emotional state is one of two ways. If it's a joyous thing, you'll laugh, typically. If it's a painful thing, you'll cry. Those are releases from the soul. Laughter and crying are when the soul is releasing itself. You feel what I'm saying? We laugh a lot. We do laugh a lot, but we rarely cry. And the crying is what dissipates and relieves the, the negative emotion, the pain. You feel what I'm saying? The pain that we harbor, that's crying. That's what leaves that out. You feel what I'm saying? And we've gotten to a point as, I don't want to say psychotic, but it's slightly psychotic when we laugh at pain. It's not funny, but we laugh at it, which means we make light of our negative emotions, which means we make light of pain. Therefore, we're, trying, we're, we're making a defense mechanism to dissipate, to, to, to nullify, not dissipate, to nullify the pain that we feel. You feel what I'm saying? because we're conditioned not to cry. We're trained not to cry. You dig what I'm saying? So now when we take this back, say to being children, being boys, we're not allowed to release from our soul. We're not allowed to release negative things from our soul. Only positive things. You know what I'm saying? The laughter, like that keeps that from being built up, but we're not allowed to dissipate the negative emotions. You know, when a boy cries, you know, and you ask him what is he crying for, it's, First response, as I always say, is to stop crying. It's never to tell you why he's crying. It's never to say, look, I'm frustrated because I can't get this accomplished. Or I'm angry because of this. And then when he does express those emotions, it's, you know, fix your face, calm down, be a man. You know, we're, 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 we're kind of fucked up with this shit because we're telling kids to be men. You know, be a man. You're like, like really sit and think about that because we got to think about the impressionable mind of a, of a child. You know what I mean? We tell a child to be a man, not realizing what that 
what that is etching onto their soul ahead of time. Four or five year old, you're, you're a big boy. Be a man. Like we're, we're always giving a level above where we really are to, to, to quiet the negative emotions that we're feeling. You feel what I'm saying? When, when you have a boy, you know, he's crying or whatnot, you call him a baby. You're like, stop acting like a baby. So he doesn't want to go backwards. Okay, I'm not a baby anymore. I may be a toddler, I may be an infant, but I'm not a baby. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm going to go to the next level and be a big boy. Whenever that that's, sets the tone because we're not set to sit where we are. You feel what I'm saying? It's always go to the next point. Go to the next phase. You know, you be I'm a big boy now. Okay? I thought you were a big boy. Now it's time to become a young man. You feel what I'm saying? We're not able to deal as a big boy while we're a big boy. You feel what I'm saying? And this is all metaphorical, of course, and, you know, just from the example of everything that is there. But that sets the tone for how when we're dealing with emotion, which is going to lead to our stress, we extend the tolerance. We'll take that 20-ounce liquid and transfer it, to, transfer it to a two-liter because, oh, now I just that just means that the pressure that I'm feeling means just I need a bigger a bigger container. Not I need to get rid of this stress. Not take this same 20, 20 ounce bottle and pour some of the shit out down to 10 ounces and deal with that. No. Keep the same amount, but extend what I'm doing with it. Extend that. You feel what I mean? So that kind of sets its tone. You feel what I mean? That kind of sets its tone. And and not being able to deal with our, with our emotions, we're only operating from half of our physical polarity. And this is why I say, this is why I say that the emotions are tied to the physical. We, we, we try to make it seem like it's mental. Mm-mm, it's physical. Because the physical has its own duality too. The physical body has its, uh, its duality within it, a masculine and feminine. But in that, we have... And I'm going to use this. It's not a word, but I'm using it because I don't, because the, the actual word I want to use is associated with emotion. It's going to kind of throw off what I'm talking about. But we have emotional and then we have nerval. I could say nervous, as in the nervous system, as in the nerves of our body. The nerves of our body are more so connected to the, um, to the masculine essence of ourselves. The emotions are the feminine essence of ourselves. You feel what I'm saying? But that's off based from the physical perspective. You feel what I'm saying? So follow me on that. So when we incorporate that understanding without knowing that we understand it, you feel what I mean? We stop the emotional point. So this energy, right? This energy that we're feeling from our emotions has to be transferred to our nerves. This is why we're tense. This is why we're so tight. This is why we're so on edge all the time. You feel what I'm saying? Because the emotions that we cannot dissipate, it has to go somewhere. And it goes up and it winds up our nerves. You feel what I'm saying? It, it winds up our nerves. This is why we're always on edge. This is why we're always on, on that, that 10 level. And rather than dissipating it, like I said, we increase our tolerance. You feel what I'm saying? It's like it's like when you're in school. This shit used to happen all the time. Like, I'll get a grade, 
and shit. And then you have that student who will score so high that when the curve hit, like like the curve hit, it, it increased everything. But it's like I'm at the top of the curve. So I don't get much. You feel what I'm saying? I used to like when I was in classes and shit, I used to complain to the teacher. Like, say I made like a 94. Say the highest grade was like a 96, 97. Like I made a 94. And like the person who made the 97, cool. It just, you know what I mean? They're like, all right, whatever. But then the curve, it 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 carries all of the people at the bottom. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, there's not much room for me to to move in this shit. So whether where I'm at a 94, the person who, you know, somebody made a 97, and then that 97 then becomes a hundred. My 94 only comes up to like a 95. 95, 96. I'm like, that's not fair. Because the person that got like the 40, their shit comes up to a 70. They're passing now. You feel what I'm saying? So this shit's not fair. But I'm using that metaphor to explain how the gap between our stress levels and how we extend it is, is, is very thin. You feel what I'm saying? If we're stressing at a nine, you feel what I'm saying? Rather than saying, okay, take that nine and bring it down to a three, we're going to say, okay, I'm going to take this nine and I'm going to extend the capacity. So my stress is at a nine, but now I'm going to say, okay, you know what? My stress cap really ain't 10. It's 15 or it's 20. So now I'm psyching myself out to say, okay, what I'm feeling, it really isn't what I'm feeling. So now it goes back to when we're kids. You know, how many times have we been told to fix our face? How many times have we been told to stop crying? Never asked why, never been able to deal with any of that shit that while we're upset. You feel what I'm saying? We wind up in that that emotional shit that we're not able to release. Where do we where do, where does it go? It goes into our nerves and it ties up. You feel what I'm saying? It, 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 it knots us up. You feel what I'm saying? I got a massage one time. And as I was getting a massage, like, like I could feel the big balls of pressure. Just like they felt like golf balls moving through my body. And she was like, <laughs> and it was, it was funny because like she just kept it real. And I appreciate it. She was like, do you ever relax? I was like, I'm relaxed right now. She said, no, you're not. She said, there's no reason why you should have this much. Like you're... She said, what I'm moving around in your body is entirely too big. You feel me? Like coming through my muscles. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fairly, I'm a, I'm a slim person. So to know that the knots in my body were the size of golf balls. You feel what I'm saying? My upper back, my shoulders and shit. Like to know that they're the size of golf balls is like, she's like, this is not right. Like, do you relax? Do you chill? I'm like, yeah. And the reason why I felt like I relaxed because I extended my stress threshold. I extend it all the time. When I get overwhelmed, I just work harder to increase the gap. You know what I'm saying? I push through that stress. So, you know, it comes to where it becomes a good quality. They try to make it a good quality. Oh, you work well under pressure. You do. Yes, I do work well under pressure. But should I always be under pressure? It's different. Like that concept has to be changed. It's not necessarily that we are we should be good at working under pressure as much as it is that we should be good at dissipating that that energy, that that stressful energy that we feel when we're under pressure. We never taught. We don't know how to dissipate the shit. And it comes to not dissipating the shit because of the illusion that I'm not feeling what I'm feeling. I'm really not feeling what I'm feeling, or I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. While we're feeling the shit, we're like, I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. You feel what I'm saying? So it winds our nerves up. You know what I mean? Like right now, right now, right now, you can probably 
drop your shoulders a little bit and you can feel the change. Right now, your tongue is probably at the top, at the roof of your mouth. You feel what I'm saying? Your jaws are clenched. Why? Stress, it has to go somewhere. If it's not going out, it's staying in. And when it's staying in, it transfers from the emotional body to the nervous body. You feel what I'm saying? Because it has to go somewhere. And our release is through tears. I'm not saying go, you know, be a boohoo motherfucking cry all the time. But you'll know, like, crying for real, you know, when you cry, it feels like a good rain. Like, the same energy the earth feels after, like, summertime, a big-ass thunderstorm happens, you go outside, you feel that energy. It's lifted because something was released. You feel what I'm saying? That happens within us. But crying is so motherfucking foreign that it feels wrong when we, when we tear up. It feels wrong when we get that feeling like, yo, I'm about to let these tears out. We stop it. Right? So if crying is a release from the soul, you dig what I mean? And we're not releasing from the soul. When, when it's time, when our body is literally telling us, yo, it's time to release the shit. We have conditioned ourselves not to release the shit. Period. Now, again, I'm not saying go ahead and, you know, be like, I, I, I still can't cry. You feel what I'm saying? I've transferred the ability to cry into being creative. Because I cannot shed a tear, but I know I can't hold the shit in either. You feel what I'm saying? So I became a writer. I started writing. I do poetry. And I'm like, when I get those emotions, I have to get them out. You feel what I'm saying? So we have other outlets. But no matter what outlet we choose, our tears have to come out. They have to come out. Like, I don't give a fuck how you, how macho or whatever it is we want to carry. Our tears have to come out. When, when our joy happens, when our, we laugh uncontrollably we don't hold that in because releasing that energy of joy we're releasing that our tears are the release of the energy of pain you feel me but because the emotions are still tied and the body is one this is why sometimes you can laugh so hard you cry and vice versa you can cry so hard you laugh but we never get to a point where we're able to cry so hard that we laugh because we don't even cry you know and we don't cry in the strength that not just the tears, but the energy behind it, releasing that energy. So like I said, it, it binds to our bodies. You dig what I'm saying? And when it binds to our bodies, it fucks us up because now we can come from the biological perspective of it. Your emotions are tied to your hormones. You feel what I mean? Your emotions are tied to your hormones. You're supposed to feel shit. You dig what I mean? You're supposed to feel shit. And in that, in being tied to your hormones, your hormones help regulate certain shit in your body. They release from glands and they help release certain shit from your body. But they, they trigger certain things in your body. And it's an emotional base. Why is it an emotional base? And then it causes you to have a physical reaction because the two are tied together. Your emotional body and your nervous body are both in your physical body. You feel what I mean? So when these hormones released and... Our hormones are testosterone-driven. This is why typically we get a lot more angry where a woman gets a lot more sad. You feel what I mean? Because estrogen is a softening. It's a softening hormone. Testosterone is a hardening hormone. Not on any, like, just basically look at the shit. When you have low testosterone levels, you have a difficulty exercising and bulking up. 
getting your body harder. You feel me? But when you have extra estrogen levels, your body becomes softer. That's why women are soft. This is biological. I can't argue with nature. I can't argue with nature. You feel what I'm saying? But now we connect the biological to the to the esoteric side of it all. The spiritual connection too. You feel what I'm saying? These emotions that we're not allowed to feel, we about like holding in rage. This is why if you, when I was young, I had a teacher tell me, I want you to play football. I was 12 years old when he told me that. He said, I want you to play football. I didn't play. I should have. Because he said, you got to, you got, he said, you, he said, you're going to make a, you'll make a great football player because you're angry. I said, the fuck that got to do with anything? He said, you have to release that. This is why if you pay attention, some of the greatest athletes, regardless of how much they smile, they have a, they, they say, oh, that person has a certain tenacity about them. It's, they have a built-in anger that they never let go. Now, this could be past life transferred over. This could be a traumatic experience in their childhood. But if you look at it, you may see on the surface, when we look at the Kobe Bryants, when we look at the Jordans, when we look at all these people, we're like, yo, they were phenomenal players. But then when you look at them in practice and you hear some of the shit that they were saying to their players and you hear how some of, like, some of the shit that they talk, it's like, yo, you're a different person. You feel me? It's because that anger is driving them. That anger is what put, is, is, is transitioning because it's increasing their testosterone, making them harder, making them perform better as an athlete. You feel me? So we can, everything goes together. You feel what I'm saying? So... That's why, like, a lot of, like, you know, we say, okay, I know that my, like, my child might be angry. So we put us, we, we get in boxing, we get in all these, these things, but we never get into anything more artistic. We get into everything physical because we understand subconsciously somehow that we have to release this shit. So we go through the physical, because we know subconsciously and unconsciously that, yo, this is a physical connection. This is how you're going to release it. You know? So now we go into damaging ourselves to release this shit. You feel what I mean? But it's 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 not necessarily like damage, damage, but it's like, where's it going? Are we really releasing it? No, we're using it as fuel. You feel what I mean? We're using it as fuel. You've ever you ever seen um a basketball player, somebody, case in point, when when Nipsey Hustle passed, Russell Restbook dropped 2020 20 and 20. Perfectly. He had a fuel. Something he had something wound up within him that gave him a fuel. You feel what I'm saying? When they say when when and, and it's, it becomes our release. Certain things like like Chris Paul. I forgot how many points he dropped in a game when he um his uh, I think his grandfather passed. But he 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 snapped because he had to release it. His body went into a different state. Because of the amount of stress that he had just incurred, that he did not release. He may have cried. He may have been, but it's like, we can cry for tragedy, but are we ever able to weep? See, weeping is the form of trauma. Weeping is the form of crying that releases trauma. You feel me? You know what I mean? Like I was I was talking to a homegirl one time. And she was like, she was telling me how one day she cried and she said it was wailing. It wasn't crying. It was wailing at that. I was like, yeah, you, you released a trauma. It wasn't just a pain. That was trauma. It's, it's, it's levels to the shit. You feel I me? Mean? 
But we hold we hold all of that shit in. As men, we hold and look, we've been holding it in since babies, dog. Like, really ask a man when was the last time. Like, you feel me? Like, <laughs> the shit gets crazy. You ask any man when the last time he cried, he don't remember. Some of us do remember, we just don't want to admit it either way. You feel what I mean? But you ask like, yo, when was the last time you seriously cried over something? And then now take it a step further. When was the last time you cried over something you was really supposed to cry about? You feel me? That shit, so, it's so taboo for us to release our emotional pain. Now, I'm not saying, like, again, I got to keep reiterating this. I'm not saying just cry uncontrollably. That's different. That's a whole different dynamic. But I'm speaking in a sense, release your emotions. Release that stress, bro. Release that shit. You feel what I'm saying? We've been holding on shit since we were babies, dog. Since we were kids. You feel what I mean? It was a joke. It was an episode of Martin when they were talking about the last time they cried. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, Martin had cried at Beauty and the Beast or whatever the case may be. When him, Cole, and Tommy were talking about it, he was like, I cried. Tommy said, I've cried. And it was like, for real? When? He said, um, what was it? He said, uh, he said he got his hand stuck in a trash compactor when he was eight years old. And Martin was like, oh, if you would have said nine, you would have been a straight up punk. Like, damn. See how much negativity is associated with us from releasing our emotions? My man said he got his hand stuck in a trash compactor. Now, his response wasn't, oh, it's justifiable to cry because you got your hand stuck in a tra uh, trash camp, uh, compactor. He said, no, it was okay because you were eight and not nine. Because if you were nine and got your shit stuck in a trash compactor, oh, you a punk if you cry still. Like that still ain't a trash compactor. You feel me? It's just crushing you. But it's like it's little shit like that that has been caught up in us. Since we were babies, man. Since we were kids. And like I said, it's always pushed to go to that next level. That's a perfect example of the shit. You know, at nine, you can't cry for some shit like that. You feel what I mean? Because now I am the big boy, but now it's time for me to be the man. Now it's time for me to be a young man, the teenager, the preteen. Like, I got to operate from a higher level before I even understand the one I'm at right now. So I'm learning to understand the level that I'm at. The, at the level before I'm supposed to. You feel me? Since kids, we were like this. You know? Oh, you're a big boy. Don't cry. <laughs> okay. And we wonder why we walk with our chest out. Because we keep all the tension stuck in our chest. Our chest and our backs. That's where all of this shit is. That's where all of this shit is. Our chest and our back. And our lower body too, but... That's a, you know, that's more of a, a different dynamic too. The trauma is set there too, you know. And you can release a lot of your trauma through um, lower back exercises too, like yoga and shit. And there's a thing called the um, trauma release exercises. I recommend all my brothers do those shits. It's going to seem weird as fuck because your lower body literally, and this is no bullshit, I do this shit. Your lower body is going to shake uncontrollably because your body is releasing tension. One of my, um, one of my homegirls put me onto this shit. She, um, she was like, you ever looked into... Um, TREs or what? I was like, nah, I, you know, did some research on them, checked them out. I said, yo, let me try this shit. Cause I'm watching the videos of these motherfuckers doing this shit. I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers is faking. Your body just don't move like that. But when I did the shit, my shit started, like, it was uncontrollable. I, could, I was like, yo, damn. And it was like, it showed the connection of how when animals go through some um, traumatic shit, 
Like say a gazelle gets away from a cheetah, right? Afterwards, you'll see that motherfucker tremble, right? You'll see the, the motherfucker tremble because the nerves are like, okay, the trauma is being released. It's slowly being dissipated. Again, this goes back to our nerves being unwound. We don't dissipate the shit. How, think, about, think about a recent trauma, traumatic experience, right? Right now, you're probably thinking of a great magnitude level. Like, I ain't really go through nothing that tragic. You're thinking our, our levels of trauma have been so have been so extended that the only thing we could think of is death as a traumatic experience. Death or near death. We don't think about heartbreak. We don't think about some of the smaller shit that causes trauma. We automatically extend it to the point where ain't nobody died recently or, you know what I mean, I didn't get physically damaged like car wrecks or anything like, so there's no trauma. We can't really recall that shit, but it's all subtle. So it's like, when you see these things, that's the point that I'm trying to make that when we go through so many traumas, we stop shaking. When was the last time you were actually scared, but you didn't shake? On the inside, you scared as fuck. As men, it's hard for us to, you know, we still get through the shit as men. That's what we do. But on the inside, we could be scared as fuck. Fear is different. We don't necessarily have the fear of the shit, but we could be scared as fuck. You dig what I mean? And when was the last time you shook because you were, you were scared? Now you can think back to when you were a child. Something scared you so bad it made you shake. You don't shake anymore. You don't shake anymore. Your body has designed itself not to release that shit anymore. You're numb. It automatically stores that shit in your nerves from the jump because now it's like, you know what? You don't release, so there's no point in me going through the release mechanism. So now, like I said, it goes back to the TREs I was talking about. Like when I was doing the shit, like the whole my whole lower body just started trembling. It was like, I was like, how the fuck is this shit happening? Like, you know what I'm saying? But in that same token, as I'm doing this exercise, it's like the memories are coming back. Shit that I didn't even know was like, yo, I was like, yo, that was traumatic. Okay. <laughs> the shit that's associated with some of these things, it was like, it was just held, held in, held in. You know what I mean? I've, I've dealt with trauma. I've, I've stored trauma in my body for so long that it's normal now. You know, when I was, I was like... I say 14, maybe 13 or 14, I was going for a physical and I couldn't touch my toes. And the doctor, I never forget, she was like, yo, you're stiff as an old man. And I was like, hey, it is what it is. But I was like, I, my thing was, I ain't never been able to touch my toes. Like, for, like, seriously, like, I can never recall a time when I could touch my toes or I was flexible. You know what I mean? I never knew it. I didn't get flexible, like, until I was, like, in my mid-20s when I started practicing yoga. But when I look back, over my life, like like when I was 17 months old, I was run over by a car. I put the connection into it. That was a traumatic experience that I wasn't even cognizant about. You feel what I'm saying? I wasn't even, I, there's no way I could have known about trauma. I stored that shit in my body. I survived it. I lived it, but I stored that shit in my body. Now, this wasn't a tap. I didn't get bumped. I got ran over. The motherfucker run, ran me over. The tires, this bitch tumbled under me. You know what I'm saying? I was underneath the car. But... That was a trauma that I stored in. I stored in me. And I was 17 months old and I held that shit and I had done nothing but get more traumas all my life. You feel what I'm saying? Absent father, different things. Like all of that shit was stored and I was never able to let it go. I never knew to let it go because trauma was a normalcy at that point. I had already, like being hit by a car, I guess I had already reached the pinnacle of the tolerance. You feel me? That's near death. Like I, fuck. 
Then I think back to when I was 12 years old, I almost drowned in the ocean. You feel what I'm saying? When I got out of the pool, I wasn't shaking. When I got out of the water, I wasn't shaking. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't afraid like, okay. You know what I mean? I was still cool, calm, and collected. Like, I literally almost drowned. I could have died. Like, I'm like, damn, somebody had to come grab me out this motherfucker. I just go sit down. I'm like, all right. Like, I'm not trembling and I'm shaking. This is 12 years old. I'm 29 now. You feel me? At 28, I got into a car. I got into, like, my first car wreck back to back. Like, the motherfuckers, there's all delirious and shit, but I'm the calmest one here. I'm like, all right, everything's okay. Let's get to it. Like, how are you so... It's just the wreck. Like, what the fuck? I never really put this shit together until recently when I learned this shit. It's like, damn, we really... How many of us are really holding into this kind of shit, bro? Shit doesn't even... Even in our scariest moments, we don't tremble. Hey, huddle up, broskies, because it's time to elevate. The secret to evolving masculinity is to define it, understand it, then apply it. The Sofra series defines masculinity as the spiritual, mental, and physical embodiment of the essence of analysis and deconstruction. From this definition, I explain how masculinity is not just the hat that we wear, but it's the essence that we must exude through application. If you enjoy the Soul for Real conversations, why not read the books that inspire them? Visit IamJustSeen.com right now to add the Soul for Real series to your library to get a better understanding of what masculinity really is. I promise. After reading Soul for Real, you will never look at masculinity the same again. How wound up are our nerves to where they don't respond the way they're supposed to? You feel what I'm saying? When you go through some crazy shit like that, your body naturally starts to shake because it has to release this shit. Our nerves are so wound up that our bodies can't tremble. You feel what I'm saying? And here's why I'm talking about the emotions and the nerves and what we're storing, because our body has two polarities. Now we can come into the actual scientific point of the shit to show the difference. Like we have sympathetic mode and we have parasympathetic mode. Your sympathetic mode is your fight or flight response. Your parasympathetic mode is your rest and digest response. We are shifted and we have been operating from sympathetic mode damn near all our lives. We don't know what it is to be parasympathetic. I'm not talking about sympathy and it's, it's, oh, I feel sorry for whatever your loss and all that shit. No. Sympathetic mode means that your body is in fight or flight response, which is masculine, which means attack. Attack or run. You, you dig what I'm saying? Our mentality is always in a state of fight or flight. This is why our stress levels exceed and they continue to build because we're always in that space. When you're in a fight or flight response, your vessels dilate. You feel what I'm No, no, no. Wrong. That's relaxation. Your vessels constrict. You dig what I'm saying? When your vessels constrict, your eyes, your pupils, um, your pupils, um, they const- like you're in that you're in that state of constriction because now you're focused, you're lasered in. We're always like that. Our shoulders are always on, like we're always ready for the next move. Take a nap. The slightest sound could wake you up. Because you're always ready. And as black men, we have reached a point where we know we can't run. We've never been able to run. So in our fight or flight response, we can't run. So what the fuck does that mean? The angry black man is not like they create the situation to make us in sympathetic mode and get mad when we do the sympathetic shit. This is why we can go 0 to 100. It's not that we go 0 to 100. We're already at 99. 100 is right there. <laughs> our women are like that too. But our women, 
still have they they're a lot they have their parasympathetic mode. They take their self-care days. You feel what I'm saying? They take their moments of crying. They can break down and cry right now. And we wonder why that is the case because their sympathetic mode allows them to release. When they're in fight or flight response, they're permitted to say, okay, just have your moment where you cry. Go cry. And we allow them to do that. We don't allow that for ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to get out of that space. You dig what I'm saying? So we're always in our sympathetic mode, fight or flight response. We don't have time to cry. We don't have time to cry. It's either fight or run. And I can't run. I cannot run anywhere. I can't run from my problems. I can't run from my traumas. I can't run from shit. I have to fight all the fucking time. All the time. You feel what I'm saying? And now there's an attack on me. Now it's like, okay, nobody, like, when people talk about toxic masculinity and shit, this is why I speak on masculinity the way that I do. Because when people talk about toxic masculinity, they're speaking on the response of being a toxic feminine being. As I said, toxic femininity is the spiritual, mental, and physical embodiment of the essence of synthesis, of a, yeah, synthesis and construction. When it's toxic, it becomes destruction. When you're in a state of sympathy, when you're in a sympathetic state all the time, fight or flight response, and you can't run, and you are a toxic feminine being, you're going to destroy shit. They say, oh, it's brute force. That's toxic. No, 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 no. I'm responding from a sympathetic response. I cannot run. But when you fight, when you attack, you're going to get the fight. Nobody wants to put the shit in context because everybody can't put the shit together. It's one thing to say, yo, that's toxic masculinity. It's not toxic masculinity. It's toxic femininity that is fueled from a sympathetic state of mind. From a sympathetic polarity of the body. A natural response to where I'm always in my fight or flight response. You don't think that's stressful? From a kid, I know men have to be protectors and providers. I have to be protector and provider. I'm cool with that. I'm not mad at that shit. That's what we're built for. Our bodies are built for the shit. You feel what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not, I'm not one of those motherfuckers on the gender neutrality shit. Hey, we're built this way for a fucking reason. I'm supposed to be able to be the protector. I'm supposed to be able to scrap a motherfucker down. You feel what I'm saying? Certain shit like that is supposed to happen. But in that same aspect, I don't know when I'm not supposed to be. You feel what I'm saying? I'm not allowed to not be a protector. You feel what I'm saying? I have to follow in my father. Like, I have to learn how to protect and provide for my father. Right? But... He doesn't give me the ability to be the learner. He starts me off on his level and go ahead and match him. Those are hard. Those are big shoes to follow. We, we got to take our sons in. And if our father's not there, I got to assume I naturally assume this role from the beginning. You feel what I'm saying? Naturally, like my father wasn't there. My brother was the oldest. My brother was seven years older than me. My brother stayed in a state of sympathetic mode. He stays in that shit. He stayed in that shit. He never had a chance. Like at seven years old, he had to become father. Under two siblings, one of which is a four month old baby. He doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have a choice to be scared. I was in, I was like 12, right? My brother would be 19. I was, you know, slap boxing with this dude or whatnot. And well, we won't slap boxing. We were shadow boxing. And, you know, 
we weren't supposed to be hitting, but he was older. Like I always like to spar and try to challenge myself with other people. So he's like 15, bigger than me and everything. But I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go for a challenge. He punched me in my eye. So when he hit me in my eye and shit, first instinct, go get my brother, right? So I go get my brother. I'm like, yo, he punched me in my eye. My brother, like, all right, go beat him up. I was like, what? He said, I'm not fighting that boy for you. Because, I mean, dude, 15, my brother, 19, I get it. I get that perspective. But I'm like, yo, you my big brother. You feel what I'm saying? But then it hit, like, years later, it hit me. Like, my brother ain't never had nobody to go get. Nobody. He had to do that shit in his, on his own. Scared and all. And I used to think, I used to think, like, yo, my brother's fearless as fuck. Like, he, don't, he, ain't, he ain't afraid of nothing. No, he's traumatized. He's walking around with PTSD in a state of in a sympathetic state of mind. And he has to protect and provide. All the time. We don't get that. We don't get that day off. We don't get that day off from it. Now, granted, I get the whole perspective of women. Well, we don't get days off from it. Like, I get that. I get that. I get that 100 percent But our plight is rarely understood because it's supposed to, we, we think, like I said, we're we think we're supposed to be on 99 all the time. And we're not. We're supposed to be able to deal with what puts us on 99 and send it back to zero. You feel me? And that's where the shit fucks up. So now everybody's talking about, man, like, the, I seen so much shit where I seen this post on Instagram where a motherfucker said a straight black man is, um, is going to be the destruction of the black family or the black, the black home or whatever the case may be. I'm like... How, like, why is that the target? You feel what I'm saying? And I realized that the more you don't conform to the destructive shit of your life or the destructive shit for your people, the more stress you incur. You feel me? And the more toxic your masculinity is when you don't stand for that shit. I've observed that, you know? They're like, I seen another post where it said, you know, the men... Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna ultimately be um, cis, homosexual, and trans men that are going to shape masculinity because you can't lead with brute force. You know what's gonna happen is, regardless of that shit, regardless of what your sexual choice chooses to be, at the end of the day, if you're still based off of the same principle where you're not allowed to dissipate anything, or you're moving, like you're gonna snap, and and you're still gonna snap. Like, there's no way around that shit. And your masculinity isn't toxic. You are in a fight or flight response. You feel what I'm saying? You are in a fight or flight response. And I can't run. That's what people are failing to understand. I can't run. I don't have that choice. I don't have that option. If my household crumbles, I don't have that option to run away from it. Right? Which is what I'm supposed to be as a man. But if my house is my household is crumbling, let's say I'm back, I'm back to the numbers. My stress cap is a hundred. Right? My household is crumbling. And I'm already at a 97. I'm volatile. This is now. This I, I, I had a glimpse as I'm delivering this message. This ain't talking about domestic violence or no shit like that. I'm speaking solely on a fight or flight response. It's like, because that man, he's not going to let his house fall. He's not. He's going to do everything he can. He's going to burn himself out. Greatest example of that shit. 
that I saw. And from beginning to end, you can actually see everything that I just talked about was in the best man holiday. The best man holiday. He did not want to accept the fact that he was about to lose his wife. He didn't want to accept that shit. It was breaking him as a man. So now when people say when he finally broke and cried, this is why he broke down and cried and he fell. And his homie had to hold him up because he could not stand anymore. His nerves had shot. The trembling are like, did you see the scene when he started to cry? And his hand, before he cried, his hand released and he started shaking. He started whimpering. Imagine all your life as a whole. Black man, this is, this is what we deal with. All your life, you've always kept that in. He was a football player. You seen from the first best man. You see how he snapped on his homie. You know, I found out you fucked me. And like, we knew that was wrong. But, every, but these things are compounding. He didn't, he didn't release anything. He beat him the fuck up. He beat his homie the fuck up. You feel me? Fight or flight response and I can't run. You dig what I'm saying? I can't fucking run. I take this shit on. So now we go to, this, to the next movie and shit. His wife has cancer. She's dying and he can't accept it because he's... He... When you step the role as protector and provider, when you can't do it anymore, I cannot solve this problem. I cannot take this away from my wife. The mother of my children... I love this woman with everything in me and I can't take this shit away from her. You feel me? But through and through, he held, he kept it in. He kept that shit in. He stayed in fight or flight response. I must fight, I must fight, I must fight. When his team was down or whatnot, they went down halftime, all she had to do was call him. When she called him, they started winning. He scored. She said, I, she basically told him, I want you to score me a touchdown. I may not be able to take this cancer from you. I may not be able to take this burden away from you. But if this is what you want, I'm going to give it to you. And he did. You feel what I'm saying? He did. Now, when they finally laid her to rest, that's when, it re that's when he broke. Because he'd been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. I'm going to figure it out. No, this is not, this not the end. You're going to be okay. It's like he could not come to terms with the reality. So now when we take it all the way back. Now, this that's a movie. I don't know this character's life from the beginning and all of that shit. But from the beginning, as children, as young boys, we're holding this shit in. All of the shit that we build. We hold in. So now when we get in our 30s, we get in our 40s, and we're tired of fighting. What happened? You feel me? What happened? And then when what about us who aren't tired of fighting? What does that do to our, you know, we get our heart attacks, strokes. You feel me? That shit is really that deep because now we're not able, because we're never, we stay in sympathetic mode. We don't even know the practices to move us into and parasympathetic mode, which is rest and digest. Rest and digest is so properly, is, is so necessary in our bodies because you're resting and you're digesting phases when you're able to process shit. 
Those emotions that have your nerves wound in sympathetic mode, you have to move in a parasympathetic mode to release that shit, to digest it, to process it. We don't. We don't even think about it anymore. We just stay on 10. And then extend to 12 if we need to. Extend to 20 if we need to. You feel me? When we're no longer able to do the things that we once did to alleviate the stress as best as we could. What happens? Heart attack. Your body can't take it anymore. Your body cannot take what your nerves have. Like, it can't. It can't so much so like when you look at a stroke, it completely shuts down a side of your body. The nerves of your body have done so much they have stored so much that they can't store anymore and they shut down. That's a stroke. I got an uncle. Strong man. Strong man. When I say strong, I mean strong, like physically too. They used to call him Uncle Bear. Like, that's how strong he was. You feel me? It wasn't until he retired that he had a stroke. Reason being is because as he worked, he worked in construction. He's lifting heavy beams. He's trans like. When I listen to his stories of his past and everything like that, yeah, he fought this person. You know what I mean? He had to, like, he got, sometimes he'd be stretching the truth, you know, to keep the kids engaged. But at the end of the day, it's all of that shit that he stored. You feel me? He tells me stories of where he didn't, he remembers, like, they ate this, this stuff called bread pudding. You feel what I'm saying? He's like, yo, there was times when we was hungry and I had to do what I had to do. He said, I remember I didn't have a job. And I just wrote my all my information and my skills on an index card. He said, I just went around to different places and handed them out. Again, as a man, fight or flight response and you can't run? And he's, he, he was this way all his life. All his life. A, her, a, a tornado or a hurricane, one of the two, it came and it knocked a tree down over into his... Um, now, this is after retirement. It knocked a tree over onto his garage. His garage collapsed. He got the tree chopped down and built the garage back up by himself. By himself. So when he had a stroke and they're telling me about it, it's like, yo, the doctor said he had two. Back to back. I said, most people don't even survive one and he had two and he's still alive. His body couldn't take it anymore. And now he was finally, when he retired, he no longer had that outlet to release the shit as best as he could. How many of us are actually, how many of us have no outlet? It's deeper than just talking. It's deeper than talking. Talking is cool. Therapy is cool. I'm not knocking that. Do that. You feel what I'm saying? But we got to start releasing this shit that has our nerves wound up. We have to. It's killing us. You feel what I'm saying? We can't play basketball all the time. We can't box all the time. We can't lift weights all the time. Because it comes a point where we in there overexerting our bodies because shit's not working. You feel what I'm saying? The shit's not working. We're getting bigger, we're getting stronger, our bodies are getting in tone, but the purpose of us doing it is not working. That release, that energy, it's not going anywhere. You feel what I mean? I remember one time I had got real, like I had my own, I was young, I had a weight set in my backyard, but I had like curl bars. I got so mad one day that I just racked it and I just kept going. Like literally, there was, I was 
there was so much that I was letting go that I didn't know that my arms was turning red and I could visibly see him. I shouldn't have been seeing myself turn red, but I can visibly be, visibly see myself turning red. You feel me? That was just one circumstance. Not even counting all of the other shit that I had already stored in me. You feel what I mean? Stress is deeper than that. Like We got to learn how to move our bodies back into sympathetic mode. I mean, parasympathetic mode. Out of the sympathetic mode shit. You feel what I'm saying? When the slightest nerve, like we could be knocked the fuck out. The slightest sound could wake us up out of our sleep. Like we we laugh and we joke about how, you know, when our parents are knocked out on the couch and we come change the channel. I was watching that. The slightest change in the atmosphere. Do you know how sensitive your nerves have to be for it? changing of a TV channel to wake you back up. That's the sympathetic mode. That's fight or flight response and you can't run. We can't run. We've never been able to run. And we've never been able to run because we've never been able to Put ourselves in parasympathetic mode. And now this goes back into what I was saying earlier about the emotion, emotional versus the nerval. Your emotional side is your parasympathetic side. It takes emotions to learn how to release shit. You feel me? Your fight or flight response is your nerval side. This is why when, when you're in fight or this is why we breathe into our parasympathetic mode causes us to breathe down inside like Think about when was the last time you breathed down into your stomach? You didn't even know that you don't breathe down into your stomach because you thought it's natural to breathe into your chest. No, that is a sympathetic reaction. Because when you're in fight or flight response, you have to get quick spurts of oxygen to your body and you have to keep it in your chest. You can't move it down to your diaphragm. You keep it in your chest and you operate from the upper part of your lungs, not the deep part of your lungs. You feel what I mean? How many of us are stuck in that shit? We breathe in our chest. Like you're probably breathing in your chest right now while you chilling. Think about that shit. Chilling, listening to this, and you're breathing into your chest, not your diaphragm. Not down into your stomach because that's sympathetic mode. I mean parasympathetic mode, sorry. Parasympathetic mode is rest and digest. That is the point where you are breathing below your chest. Not to the top of your chest so you can get just enough oxygen to move through your body to keep your shit functioning. So now when you're in sympathetic mode, like I said, your vessels constrict. Now, if your vessels are constricting because you're in sympathetic mode and you're eating a whole bunch of foods that are gonna clog your arteries, what do you think is gonna happen over time? They're creating this shit. People don't understand that. So while they're telling you you got high blood pressure, you don't. You're in a state of sympath you're in a sympathetic state of mind. You're eating fucked up foods that are clogging your arteries and your vessels are constricted. So they give you blood thinners as opposed to giving you something that'll shift you right back into the state where your vessels will dilate. You feel what I'm saying? They create the circumstance. They create both the supply and the demand. And feed both. You feel what I mean? So now when we're eating the fried foods, when we're eating the animals, period. Like when we're eating these things that have high fatty content in them. And this fat is solid at room temperature. 
Think about it. Solid at room temperature. When it goes into our bodies at 98.6 degrees, it's liable to be solid there too. That's why in my plant-based curriculum, I talk about how you have to ingest sol- um, liquid oils that are liquid at room temperature and liquid above 98 degrees because your body is 98 degrees. So now when you eat these things that like your lards, you fry your food and lard and everything, anything that has to exceed a temperature of 98.6 degrees to melt, when it reaches 98.6 degrees again, it's going to harden and solidify. Now it's in your arteries. Now you're in sympathetic mode. Fight or flight response. Your vessels are are constricted. They're not dilated. They're constricted. And now... As it re-solidifies back into your body, it sticks to the, to the walls as plaques. Right? So now cholesterol is also used in order to make hormones. You feel me? So if it's getting stuck in your bloodstream and not making it to the glands that it's supposed to in order to convert to the hormones to keep you balanced, your emotions can't trigger in the right way. Now you're depleted. Now your body's depleted. Now you got low testosterone. Now your energy levels are down. You feel me? Because you can't release that stress. You feel me? This shit is this 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 shit is powerful. And it's the silent killer. It's the silent killer because it's deeper than just holding shit in. It's the effects of holding all of this shit in over time and how it builds. You feel what I'm saying? Do I still suffer with the shit? Hell yeah. I I am still on 10. Like I still have to, I have to personally break this mentality of being the hustler, being the grind and not resting because it's like, no, I'm always in fight or flight response. So it's like, if I'm not fighting, I'm fleeing and I can't flee from shit. You dig what I'm saying? I can't, it's not in me to flee from shit. It's not in any of us to flee from shit, but it should be in us to rest. I mean, rest, rest, rest and put your body in a simple, in a parasympathetic state. This is why meditation is important. This is why I advocate meditating, not sitting still. Meditation is deeper than just sitting still. Meditation is about shifting your breath from being at the top of your chest down to your diaphragm. Your body automatically starts to shift into parasympathetic mode because what happens is the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in your body, it runs from your diaphragm up to your brain. When that triggers... And the vagus nerve starts being stimulated, stimulated in the center of your body because ironically it goes down to, I ain't going to say ironically, incidentally it goes down to your solar plexus, right? When the diaphragm starts to push there, your body starts to relax. When you start to have conscious breathing down into your diaphragm, your entire being starts relaxing. You move into parasympathetic state. You start to feel yourself unwind and let go. You feel what I'm saying? These are also things that crying will release. If we were ever able to allow to cry, then we would be able to process our emotions better and we wouldn't hold in so many emotions and so much trauma, so much stress. It is in holding all of this in that makes us, that makes us go the route that we go down. You feel what I'm saying? And because we can't let it go, it's the silent killer and it kills us in the end. And don't forget to take a moment to go get your exclusive merchandise from Just Scenes merch. At Just Scenes, each piece is specifically crafted with positive imagery and symbolism. From the titles and designs to the descriptions, each style gives you something to feel great about. 
With everything from hoodies and tees to coffee mugs and tote bags, we have something for the entire family. So be sure to get yours today. Find us on Instagram at Just Scenes Merch and get your merchandise right now. Yeah, so that's something that I really wanted to uh, to express to my brothers. That's something I feel like we really need to talk about. Like this week, you know, I had to come to terms with that myself. You know, I can't just, you know, express a lot of these things that I'm not applying for my own life. You feel what I'm saying? And it's 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 that it's it's that energy that we have, yo. And now it's 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 getting a lot worse. It's getting a lot worse. The amount of stress that we naturally incur, you know, us that have, you know, we've gone to school, we're in debt. Like, we, it's a lot of things that now have to go into it. You know, relationship, like everything is, is it, everything is built on remaining stressful because it is in your sympathetic mode that keeps you sick. You know, it's funny, you know, it's often a joke, but our elders always knew, you know, when I used to get sick, they ain't never give me no headache medicine or nothing. They told me to take a nap. Yo, go take a nap. And I woke up feeling better than a motherfucker. You ever, you ever, you know, as fucked up as it is, because this is a, whoo, this is a fucked up quandary. When you, the cry after you, like we joke about it, that cry after you got a good whooping and then you went to sleep, this is why that's kind of fucked up because you're storing trauma and releasing trauma at the same time. It's like a transfer. There's trauma that you're storing from getting a whooping, you're releasing as you cry. But then after it's over and you cried and you got everything out, and then you, you know, lay on the floor by the door and you play with that little doorstop shit. But <laughs> once you do all of that, and then you sleep, and then you wake up, how do you feel so good? Because your body has been placed in, in parasympathetic mode, which is rest and digest. Now I'm processing and getting all of this out. You feel me? There's a science to the body. There's a science to the being. You feel me? And as long as they only teach the aspect of the physical, and then not even teach the duality of the physical correctly, then they don't that you're not able to understand your mental and spiritual and what you're etching to your mind and your soul. The traumas, this shit is deep. And like I said, from men and women, we both go through this. But women get, are given, like, they're given the permission to do their, their, their releases properly. Our release is not. Our release is not release. It's fuel. It's fuel. And we're always fighting. Our women are able to cry. They're able to go do their self-care things. They're able to do the, 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 the things that... If you... I remember I was young. I was a lot younger. But I remember I had a girlfriend and she was crying one time. And she trembled when I held her. And I was like, what are you afraid of? And she was like, I don't know. I just feel like I can let this go. Now that is, you know, I provided that level of safety. If you've ever hugged your lady and she cried, while she was crying, she started to shake, she's releasing. She's releasing. Her nerves are unwinding. That's what that is. That's what that is. We have to get our, we have to be able to get our parasympathetic state back to a position where when shit scares us, we can tremble. We don't tremble anymore, bro. <laughs> We don't tremble anymore. 
To be scared of something is to initiate your sympathetic mode. The fact that it doesn't means it's already on. Like after the traumatic experience or whatever it is, like we should be trembling. And sh- we don't do that shit anymore. Because being scared triggers the, uh, triggers the response and your body's function to go into sympathetic mode. And then from triggering that aspect, what has to happen now is after the event is over, our bodies are supposed to shake and dissipate and they don't. They don't. You feel me? We're walking stress balls. We're, 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 we're so built up. You feel me? Ladies, if you've ever held your man and he's, his muscles are tight, but he's chilling. You know, I had a girlfriend point that out to me. She was like, why are you so intense? And I'm not intense. I'm chilling. Yo, leave me the fuck alone. And we, that's why we're so on. I can't run, so I got to fight. Are you attacking me right now with what you're saying? Now I'm just asking the question. Like, this is why we respond the way we do. This is why we respond the way we do. We're in a state of sympathetic mode continually because we're always stressed because we, we won't release it. We won't and we can't at the same time. So what we now have to do is we need to take this to the next level. These things are these are two practices that I recommend that I am using and implementing in my life. I meditate. Okay? When I meditate, I'm not meditating for some kind of like I'm not on that type time where oh I want the ancestors the guys to talk to me no I'm trying to calm my nerves down I meditate because I understand that when I do my sympathetic my paras- my sympathetic mode is turned off and my parasympathetic is turned on you feel what I'm saying I got people who say and this this is gonna make sense finally to somebody who's who wonders why this this happens every time they meditate they get sleepy or they fall asleep. The reason why that is is because you have sifted your body into parasympathetic mode, which is rest or digest. You are so wound up, so wound up that your body is now able to rest once you do that. I got friends who are like, I can't get past five minutes before I start yawning and shit because your body is now in a, like, we sleep through sympathetic mode. That's not, that's not possible. You're not supposed to be able to sleep through sympathetic mode. So regardless of how they say you know, make sure you get eight hours of sleep a day. It don't eight hours of sleep don't mean shit if you're sleeping through your sympathetic state. This is why you still wake up tired as fuck. Cause you're not resting. You feel what I mean? You're not resting. So what you have to do is, like I said, so my one of my first go-tos is meditation. But not in meditation in the sense of I'm trying to clear my mind. My mind will clear itself when it's in, when when I shifted back to parasympathetic mode. That's what you have to understand. You know, I actually have a podcast on meditation. So hearing, like checking this out and then going back to that bridges the gap and puts things together. But when you're meditating and you're trying to calm your mind, don't. Don't try to calm your mind. Breathe. Breathe the right way. You know, that's why breathing is a quintessential piece, because breathing is the only automatic function that we have that we can consciously control. You breathe by yourself. You're going to breathe regardless. But there comes a point where, where you want to take that over. You can control your breathing. That's why. Because it shifts you from sympathetic mode to parasympathetic mode. Once you're in parasympathetic mode, your body starts to relax. Your nerves start to unwind. When your nerves start to unwind, you start to notice where your tension is. You feel what I'm saying? That's why when you start meditating, the first thing you want to do is move. 
You can be still all day long, but when you start meditating, first thing you want to do is move because your nerves are unwinding. You feel me? Your nerves are unwinding. So meditation, it works because it's trigger, it's, it's stimulating your, your vagus nerve, which is sending it back up to your brain, and it's causing your entire body to relax now. And if your, when your body starts to relax, if you get sleepy, go your ass to sleep. Simple. Build up that stamina to where you can actually keep your body in a resting state while you're awake. You feel me? You'll see when you start to meditate that, yo, I'm, I'm in it five minutes and I'm, oh, shit, I'm tired. Let me go do something because I'm falling. No, if you got to fall asleep, fall asleep. You feel me? The next thing that I, I implement is TREs, trauma-releasing uh, exercises, right? You can, YouTube, you can go to YouTube and get one. I can't really describe it in a podcast other than like, first thing you have to do is you have to loosen up your legs. You feel what I'm saying? Real well. Then you lay on your back and then you kind of like put your feet together, put your feet and your legs together, but then you expand your legs out. Like you fan them out and then you start to feel them jump. Just relax them. You start to feel them jump. You'll, you'll literally like the trauma will start re being released from your lower body. It'll work its way up. Depending on how much blockage you got, it'll work its way up to your full body. But just relax. Don't try to, you know, control it or anything like that. Just let your body jerk. Do that for about an hour you know, starts to normalize yourself. You feel what I'm saying? Those are two solid practices that I actually implement that have helped me, that are helping me release a lot of the trauma. And you'll, you'll get certain things in your head. You'll be like, damn, I did go through that shit when I was a kid. I forgot about that shit, but I didn't even know that it was a traumatic experience. Like you'll literally be starting to see shit and you'll be like, if it's making me do this, I stored it as a trauma. You feel me? So those are um, two very, very important practices. You know, still work out. Don't get me wrong. I want my brothers like still be physically, phys physically fit and everything. But understand that you have to start. You can't dissipate the pain by using it as fuel. All right. You're not going to be able to dissipate the, the pain by using it as fuel. What you're going to have to do is put your body in a state where it rests and process this shit. You feel me? Parasympathetic mode. So this is why when you start to meditate, when you do these TREs, when you go through these things and you have these, like, the clarity comes. You start to see, oh, shit, I had to go through this. I went through that. Damn, I did that. That did hit me this way. Okay, bam. You'll start to be in a lot more calmer state, you know? And you start to see that the state of mind, the energy that you're in right now is not normal. It's a normal C, but it is not normal. You feel what I'm saying? And that's how all of our other complications are being brought up because we cannot rest. We do not rest. You feel what I'm saying? So that's just something that I felt I really needed to discuss as far as it, when it comes to us. Um, all of these, Like I said, all of these conversations ain't always going to be something from the book, from one of the books, but it's definitely going to be something for us. You feel me? So again... Um, if you were able to get something out of it, you know, please, please share with another brother. Like we got to get this, these stress levels handled. You feel what I'm saying? We got to get these stress levels handled. Our stress is, our situation is put like this for a reason. You feel me? Now we can go in and now we can start to heal ourselves and then we can start to heal the people around us, our women and stuff. Because now when our women are giving birth, they're giving birth through a sympathetic mode. They can't relax. That is already a trunk. Like... Childbirth is this is why breathe, this is why they have Lamaze classes and why they tell you to breathe because your body is shifted in a sympathetic mode. Right? 
because it's, it's, a tra- it's a pain. It's a traumatic experience. It's what I hear. Breathe. Because now they're trying to get you to create equilibrium between your sympathetic and your parasympathetic mode, right? But this is, conti- excuse me, this is contention upon the fact that your body isn't already in sympathetic mode from the gate. Our sisters, our daughters, our mothers, they're already in a state of sympathetic mode because we in that shit. So when they go to the hospital, they already on 90 and their cap is 100. The fuck you think a, a pregnancy going to do? It's going to send them well over that shit. The Lamaze is only going to do so much because they've only been practicing it for the duration. It, like They got years of lifetimes of, of, of trauma and living in a sympathetic mode. You feel what I mean? So when we consider ourselves being protectors and providers, we need to... It's not only, you know, financially and shit like that. It's mentally, physically, and spiritually. You feel me? We need to learn the tactics to, to protect ourselves and to protect others. But a part of protection is to teach those how to protect when you are not there. So if I'm learning these skills on how to reduce my, my, my energy, reduce my sympathetic state, and I need to be showing it to the woman that I'm going to be with. You feel me? Because if we're not giving that to them, we're also doing ourselves a disservice in the long run. You feel what I mean? But I'm not going to go too much into that because that can continue on. Um, so with that being said, be sure to follow me on all of my social media outlets. Um, Instagram underscore just underscore just underscore scene underscore the Just Scene podcast. Uh, the Just Just Scene's merch. Um, the 90 Day Vegan course. Hitting it raw. Get, be sure to get my books. Hitting it raw. Living a raw plant based lifestyle for life. Um, so frail, a reality to black male masculinity and so frail to toxic femininity. And um, also uh, mastering, uh, you can follow Mastering the Markets, Mastering the Markets on Instagram. And you can um, enroll into the course, Mastering the Markets, a comprehensive guide to Forex, where I teach about trading and investing and how to actually read the charts in the markets to know what's going on short term and long term. Um, yeah, my brothers, we got we to gotta deal with the silent killer. We got to deal with the silent killer. We got to work on our stress levels and we have to work on ourselves. And then we have to keep this in mind and be cognizant of this with our sons. You feel what I mean? Because we're setting the tone that is allowing us to extend our threshold without dealing with the shit. You feel what I mean? This is not to say, you know, allow, you know, be boohoo, but we need to know why we cry in order to be able to better deal with it. When the tears come, deal with them. Let them, let them flow. Let them flow. If you're like me, you've reached a point where you bottled up so much and you held in so much that it feels awkward to cry when you see that shit. Like, and you got to get used to that. You feel me? Baby steps. If all you can do is do the one tear from glory like Denzel, do that. You feel what I'm saying? But get to that point where you can start to release. You feel me? Meditate, do the TREs, and start to allow your body to, to free itself. Free itself. Let your nerves unwind. You feel me? Let your nerves unwind. Your nerves start to unwind. Your joints start to release. Your body starts to feel better. Your body's able to process and digest things a lot better. And you'll start to function a lot better on your mental and physical space. As I said, also understand that with the sympathetic mode, you're in your nervous state. Within your uh, parasympathetic mode, you're in your emotional state. You got to learn how to deal with your emotions. If you don't know how to deal with your emotions, they're going to wind up. They're going to shift over to your, that's where they're going to be stored, in your nervous side. 
so that way they can dissipate. But if you're not dissipating, then what are we doing? So with that, love and light. <laughs> love and light. <laughs> That's not even my shit. With that, I love y'all, man. Be sure to kiss your babies. Make sure they eat their vegetables. And um, if you feel compelled to share this shit, please share this shit. My brothers, we got to change. Peace, love, knowledge, and freedom. I'll see y'all on the next one.